0: click out of a window you lose it all right everyone welcome back to another episode of i can do this all day i'm dan the part-time avenger and with me is mark the resident jedi
1: hello there uh we've all uh, waited for this movie for a minute it was on it was off it was back on and now we've both seen it and we're super excited to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three
0: That is correct. It is the latest addition to the MCU and the last addition for one James Gunn and the Guardians of the Galaxy, at least this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So here we are talking about it. And before we jump into it, let's talk about the ambiance and the environment. Mark, how did you see it?
1: I saw it on a Tuesday afternoon on Half Price Ticket Day. At uh, an AMC close to my house, you I waited
0: bastard, you cheap, cheap bastard, I, I was
1: I was out of town until late <laughs> Monday. So this was the first day I could go see it. Um, I, I used some babysitting uh, uh, credit and, and uh, you know, me and my wife went to see it. Um, I didn't buy tickets till day of and it was looking empty or whatever. And then I go to buy tickets like a couple hours beforehand and the whole theater is full. Except for the first two rows. So I Ooh. sat in B9 and B10 and in the second row, and it was the best second row theater experience ever. It was like watching IMAX in a comfy chair.
0: <laughs> it was, it was, does I, it, I was,
1: you don't feel about like this.
0: you're cross
1: eyed no, anymore. It was no? just totally, I was just like, oh, this is great. You just lean it back and you're good to go because the recline absolutely helps. I honestly, would take those seats again
0: over like a I, further back
1: because so here's my reasoning and hear me out i don't want to sit next to anybody if i can help it and you know what seats never have anybody in it those first two rows true and man i i put my popcorn on the seat next to me me and my wife spread out, you know. Not like she, she still sat next to me, but it was just, it was nice. It's just like, ah, oh, it's nice. Just just spread it out a little bit. It was all good. Uh, it was not a very enthusiastic crowd, I will say. Uh, mm. You know, I didn't go to a midnight or a, or an opening day, and I miss those. I miss those. But such as such as life with a with a kid you can't take with you.
0: Those. Um, so- cheap Tuesday bastards why can't you be more enthusiastic for us god damn it dude I didn't even
1: know it was a cheap Tuesday I didn't know they started that again shout out AMC because I'm going to (laughs) check out and I'm like oh did I only add one ticket did I only add one ticket to the thing why is it only 18 dollars I paid more for popcorn and a drink than the movie which is normal but by a lot
0: I went to go see it Saturday morning opening weekend with the family We had our popcorn. We had our drinks and everything. Um, And then I went to go see it again by myself out here on the West Coast uh, in California in San Jose. And I saw it in 3D. So I saw a standard 2D and then
1: 3D. Is 3D even like good anymore? Like I don't think there was anything in in this movie that was like a cool 3D effect.
0: I mean, you notice the difference of like the depth and the background of things, uh, but I wouldn't say that it's like, oh my god, it's so much better in 3D. It wasn't shot in 3D; it just happens to be the 3D converted.
1: Yeah, they render. Of it. It.
0: So, yeah, but you know, if you like a movie, you see it in different formats, and uh, or you see it multiple times. I figured since. I'm a member of one Cinemark and actually I'm a part owner Cinemark, by the way. So if you ever need anything, just let me know. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I'm
1: sure that I'm sure that one stock unit gets you a lot
0: these days. Hey, part owner, man, part owner, but I've very few movies. I go see again in theaters and I can count on one hand, what movies I've seen at least this year, more than, once, and that's going to be John Wick four, and Guardians of the Galaxy three, and that's it. Those are the only two movies I saw repeated uh, in the theaters.
1: So, so I haven't seen anything twice. I haven't seen anything twice this year. The last movie I went to the theater to see more than once was something from Star Wars. I don't even know if it was the Last Jedi. Or, uh, or or Rise of Skywalker it might have been Rise of Skywalker, but I will tell you, man, this um this new quick to streaming kind of setup they got, where either where you can buy it for thirty bucks in a couple weeks, like I, I if I'm really excited, that's my move though. I'll buy it, like um, the Mario movie, Top Gun, stuff like that. As Soon as it hits, buy. And I pay basically what I would pay to see it again in the theater. And I own it digitally.
0: I am not a fan of buying digitally just because of, I I like the physical media, you know, because it's one thing you can download. And and most, most times you buy like a Blu-ray or something, you get the digital copy anyway. So Mm -hmm. I would rather have that physical media along with the digital copy, and that's how I watch them. You know, I might only watch it the digital way, but at the same time, if, I don't know, Skynet takes over, which is going to happen apparently in 10 years because the AI is so goddamn smart, at least I'll have my physical copies. So as the nuclear holocaust is going on, I'll be able to put my copy of John Wick Chapter 4 in the the Blu-ray player and watch it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I buy all my movies from Skynet, so Apple supplies me with everything I need.
0: I don't know, man. If you sign off on those updates on the Apple privacy things, I,
1: I specifically type every time, unwilling to join the human centipede.
0: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like you're gonna be asked to mouth to somebody really soon. <sighs> oh. <laughs> So, so back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. No ass to uh, so in go- this
1: movie. No ass <laughs> mouth, but they did use their one curse word. They did. did you notice that as a PG thirteen rating, and they used the curse word?
0: The only MCU movie that had dropped an F bomb, I believe. Yeah, that
1: that. Well, I mean,
0: yet. Yeah. yeah. But uh, even James Gunn was saying he wasn't sure if they were going to let him do this. So he was like, This is the one f bomb that I wrote. If they take this out, I'm gonna be so bummed. But they left it in, and I think Feige was just like, You know what? We messed okay. up, and yeah, he, exactly. We messed up, we fired this guy, but let's send him off properly. Let him let James Gunn cook, and god damn it, they served up a, a hell of a dish.
1: You know, you know, it'd be really funny. If when it came to Disney Plus, the F-bomb was edited.
0: Ooh. Fudge. Uh, get in the freaking car. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay. But um, let's get into the movie. We're kind of jumping ahead here, but let's talk about that opening scene with a bunch of little cute baby raccoons. All huddled around. Whoa. All nimbly bimbly.
1: Trash pandas.
0: Yeah. What did you think about that opening scene and, you know, what were you expecting to happen? Because there is that, that music, that score, that is just like something bad is going to fucking happen. Like so, I could feel the tension in the air. Yeah. I could feel it all the way down to my plums. All the way down to your plums.
1: I, so I, I, as I told you the, the last episode, I, I downloaded or made a playlist out of this playlist. So I knew that Creep was the first song and I knew it was the acoustic version. And I was like, Oh, this is going to just start on such a down. And I'm so excited about it. I had no idea what the context of the movie was. I just saw the music and there were certain songs. Where I'm like, Oh, they're not going to use this a lot. And there's certain songs like, I have no idea how they're going to use this, but I'm not even
0: talking about that yet. I'm talking about the initial scene with the, with the raccoons where, The hand is just going towards him.
1: I mean, you kind of knew that that was coming, right? I mean, even me who watched no trailers knew that they were going to talk about Rocket and, and his origin in this.
0: So we open up with the movie with the little baby raccoons, adorable, swarming around in a cage, and then this big ominous figure with the music just, it kind of sets the tone for the movie, right? It's not, it's almost like a very scary type of looming presence with the, I'm assuming it's the high evolutionary, which we know that it is. And yeah, and then it goes right into that hand reaching for who we assume is Rocket. And sure shit it is. It kind of goes flash forward, into which is a really cool like a a morph scene right like it's it's just an aging of the face and then it's Rocket in present day and uh there you go you've got some 90s uh a a different version of Creep but it it kicks off into the song so tell me your thoughts about that what you're you're thinking as this is happening
1: I I I was wondering how they were going to order right because we knew they were going to take the journey through Rocket right like we knew this was going to happen regardless of what we've watched and what we've heard we knew it was coming so to see that he was really a baby trash panda um and then you know to 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 get you know the 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 ominous hand which is you know represented in so many other you know movies and video games the hand's coming to get you right um we knew we were going to get that story from the beginning so i was excited about it and as far as creep by far the best version is the acoustic version by a million percent and you know i I, i'd mentioned this that i I, I was listening to the playlist in quotes for a while and was just super happy with uh, what they did and how they did it so no complaints on my part really excited
0: I've never heard of the acoustic version before. And so I was a little bit bummed. I was like, the only song that I knew was just the radio version. And, um, but it turned out like, okay, I can dig it. And it was interesting though. I was like, huh, this is kind of a strange song to be playing at this point. But when you really think about it, and if you think about the previous movies of Rockets kind of, you know, keeping himself distance from everyone and just being that, that, that person that will always cast some type of insult um, while making it seem like his shit don't stink. He really views himself as a creep, a weirdo, a loser. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I didn't really catch that and the significance of it until the second viewing so i thought it was like a great opening song uh to this
1: i liked that he was singing along with it right like you know you knew he was doing that that vibing out chilling thing which is you know that that's what we all do with our zooms or zooms (laughs) not zooms um so yeah, no, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised there, um, and then it just went into this, it continued this, absolutely somber mode.
0: I rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy two in, in anticipation for this, and I actually rewatched a little bit of Guardians two after I saw uh, the first viewing of Volume three, and that initial scene where they're uh you know rocket is setting up the music before they battle the the big um uh, or whatever it's called and uh he's saying like oh uh, quill wants this music so that's why i'm setting this up so we can listen to music while we battle and and quill's just saying like no this is a really bad idea so i think rocket at that point in hindsight you get to see that oh rocket is starting to pick up influence from from peter and so they're they're becoming friends in a in a different type of way where it's like you know you're when you have a friend back in the day and they kind of mimic what they do or what you do it's kind of cool that rocket is mimicking what you know star lord does because it's just a an interesting way for his character development and his growth as a character or his wanting to have a friend
1: they're mixtape buddies bro it's straight up right there they're mixtape buddies
0: it does but i i found such an appreciation on the the volume two viewing that i was like oh my god yeah rocket and quill are friends and even though they banter and and give each other shit during the little asteroid star wars empire uh ripoff scene it's cool to see that there is some friendship there. Because if you didn't watch Guardians, uh, the, the Christmas special, you don't necessarily get that they're that friendly. Yeah, they go on adventures and everything, but they kind of give each other shit. So um, I like seeing those, not callbacks, but going back and appreciating uh, the first movie and the second movie based off of what I know and how Guardians wraps up.
1: That makes sense. What did you think
0: of Quill being a drunk?
1: I don't... it, it, It almost feels out of character, but it makes sense in a way. I don't remember early for his character him you know using any substances or anything like that so it is weird
0: i i don't think it fit at all yeah because there's quite a bit of time from you know you you see him kind of sad and somber during christmas uh for the christmas special but you can only assume that him along with the rest of the guardians and Thor have been partying and hanging around for a while. And by the time you see him in three, like, Oh, he's drunk in a tavern. Like, this is weird. And is it simply because he's mourning Gamora or he misses Gamora? I don't know, man. That's a long ass time to, to mourn someone or, you know, miss someone.
1: Is it? I mean, it wasn't that long, was it? Uh, if How long was Thor with them?
0: How long did it take for him to get from dad bod to god bod? I mean, we don't know.
1: Yeah. We don't know what that kind of metabolism is like.
0: Yeah, but they went on a lot of adventures. So I, I can only assume that, yes. And I'm not saying, like, you break up with someone or someone dies or even though they came back, even though they're not the same person. I'm not saying that there isn't sadness there, but I don't know if it was really in place for him to be portrayed that way. I get it because, you know, it, throughout the rest of the movie, Mantis kind of uh, tells Drax to kind of tell him like, as to what's going on and, and it makes quill realize that like yeah i've been i just go around the galaxy going from woman to woman and when i found someone that i love that now i i need to either get drunk or try and find something else like there's always something that he needs to do
1: yeah i don't disagree with you um i don't know it's it's I agree that it's out of character right it's it's out of character but grief makes you do weird stuff man
0: if he was a, a dare kid back in the day and it was really big back when he was a young young boy i don't know i i think that he would not be he'd be like "Ooh, alcohol's bad <laughs> it's that 80s kid right
1: mm-hmm. it is it is i it's. I think he uh, he left Earth before the dare program. Maybe
0: you're probably right. You're probably right. But uh, speaking of alcohol, uh, let's go into a question as to what could have happened for us when we were young, or maybe when we were adults. Have you ever been carried out of a place drunk? Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: I definitely have. I definitely have. I got a few good stories about that and. I think that the most, the most embarrassing one was, it was a while. It was at least a decade ago. It was in my like mid twenties, and it was a a friend's birthday party, a work friend at a club that he promoted for in the city, which was like right by, um, shout out OG Rock and Roll McDonald's, <laughs> uh, uh, which is no longer there in downtown Chicago. So this crew of, uh, of, of folks all went um, down to the club. Uh, not my frequent, but we were all buying shots and drinks. And we were, but we were ordering shots and getting rocks, glasses full of booze. So we just got tanked. And um, we got escorted up a set of stairs that went around a foyer into the VIP area. And that's where the lights went out. Um, I'm told that on the way back down the stairs, I may have vomited over the stairs, the side of the stairs onto people. Ooh, rough. And then um I got delivered. I lived with my parents at the time, and I got delivered to my mom at like 2 a.m. It was pretty
0: wait, wait a second. You went to a bar in Chicago and you were home by 2 a.m.
1: I don't know what time it was, dude. I'm assuming it was that I have no idea.
0: Shit doesn't pop off until midnight in Chicago. So you were there for like 30 minutes and then they drove you bro, home.
1: I broke 2 a.m. is is just a it, it, I don't <laughs> know when I got delivered, but somebody knocked on my parents' door and dropped me off. Jeez. And I got put back into I got I got uh, uh escorted to bed and my shoes were on in the morning. So <laughs> it was, I can only imagine what that, what that situation was like, but, um, was not the last time that I had to be taken care of, um, due to drinking, but only, only that I can think of one other time. What about you? I know Um, that you're, you're just such a, such a straight laced gentleman.
0: I am a model citizen. Um, I'm not much of a drinker, but I I did get my fair share of drunken nights uh, back in the college days and early 20s. But uh, I don't have any stories where I got carried off or or where like I passed out drunk and someone needed to carry me. But I will say a funny story happened when I was drunk. Um, I believe it was like a college graduation party. And I I was already drunk. And we were going to sleep over at the graduation party. So I said, like, oh, I didn't bring anything, drive me back, and then let me get my stuff to, to come back, and we'll, we'll crash there. And so I left the party to go home, and then uh, my friend drove me, obviously, so because I, I, no drinking and driving for me, and <laughs> here's the embarrassing, funny story about it. She drove me back, and then I'm like, oh, God, I need to go to the bathroom. And so I go to the bathroom and instead of just like, you know, standing there and going, I sit down and there was a wall right next to it. I just put my head next to the wall as I'm going because it's like that long. I've been drinking all night type of piss like right there. And I wake up like 45 minutes later. (laughs) And so like, oh, shit. And so I, I finally run back out, like I grabbed my stuff that I was going to crash over at, at uh, my friend's house and my ride, she like had fallen asleep waiting for me because I fell asleep on the toilet. <laughs> so it was just a, a funny, funny way for me to wake up and like kind of freak out because like I was still drunk and I was like, oh, what the hell's going on? And I look at my watch 45 minutes later, like, oh, fuck, get back she's sleeping in the car. I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, sorry, my, my parents were, were saying something to me. Like, I didn't want to say I fell asleep on the shitter. You know, I didn't want to say that, but here it is. Truth comes out about 20 years later.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh yeah. No, I, haven't, I, I don't, I've, I've probably, I can't say that I haven't fallen asleep on the shitter at some point, but probably not hammers. I don't know.
0: So I wanted to, to say, like, so when Quill passes out and he grabs uh, Nebula's arm and he's like, I love you, Gamora. Did you what were your thoughts on that when you watched it?
1: I thought that they were trying to lead towards a relationship between those two.
0: Yeah, right. Didn't it like seem they that were going to
1: go that way, but I'm glad they didn't. That has sucked.
0: Yeah, but it's it's very interesting because Karen Gillan she does such a great job as Nebula that you almost believe that, right? The way that she played that is that oh he calls out to Gamora and you could look at it two ways. You you could look at it as like she feels bad for him and she misses her sister because she's not around anymore, mm-hmm. or yeah. She, she wishes that Peter was saying, oh, I love you, Nebula. I don't know. You could play it both ways.
1: I think um, she's wishing that anybody says, I love you, Nebula.
0: She's such a hardened exterior, though. And she she's all happen. machine, pretty much. So I don't know. It's interesting.
1: But is she fully functional,
0: like Data? I would say so. Do you see yeah, that man. fucking arm that she had, where she just blew the shit out of everyone? It was, it was awesome.
1: I, I like. I was just gonna blow the shit out of everybody with her fancy nanobot arm.
0: Awesome. So cool. So cool.
1: Her her um, fancy rocket arm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of of rocket, uh, rocket takes the the zune, which would you know pisses off uh, Quill, and. He brings it back to his place after Quill's put to bed and passed out. And guess who comes in? Just out of the sky and with uh, that awesome song. Oh, God. who It was by Heart. What's the name of the song? Fuck. Crazy, um, on, crazy on You. Yeah, Crazy on You. Such a cool lead up where he's just like going through the depths of the galaxy and he's on a fucking mission. He looked badass. And uh, I don't know if you something that's even funnier though is all of the um the gifs that have come out or memes that have come out of like when you ate 25 tacos from taco bell and you're just ready to go to the bathroom and like that song's playing and he's he's flying through space it's just kind of funny
1: (laughs) do you have another bathroom story you want to share
0: No, I'm, i'm good it was just that just happened to be sheer coincidence where i saw that um on a, on a video but so we get introduced to adam warlock adam warlock what do you think when he just plows through the walls and everything and, and what are your thoughts on your initial initial taste of uh will poulter as adam warlock
1: i i think i was like why the fuck is he just smashing everything adam warlock was such an intellectual character in the comics and i'm like okay is he still mad about the batteries because that was that was a long time ago
0: that was weeks ago
1: <laughs> and, and why is he why is he why is he attacking rocket like whatever and so um, those are your,
0: those are your initial thoughts i'm right? just like well that was direct yeah right right after him um so I don't know a whole lot about Ed Warlock. All, all I remember is like the one shitty comic that I got. And uh, I, I didn't really know a whole lot. I, I have heard that or read that he's like this really powerful being. But apparently there is a little bit of accuracy as to how he was in the comics. So he's, he's a baby when he's first introduced, essentially. So he's, he's like a full grown man, but intellect of a, of a child. So very similar to how he gets introduced here in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, my
1: Adam Warlock was the main character in the Infinity Gauntlet story and, you know, like was the leader of that effort to down Thanos, not, you know, baby Huey.
0: Do you have a problem with it, though?
1: I... With great power should come great responsibility, not great dopiness. We have a Drax. We don't need the goldenrod boy.
0: So, I I agree with you that, like, well, why would you make him stupid? But it makes sense, as you go throughout the movie, it turns out that he was taken from the cocoon too early by the high evolutionary, which uh, the high evolutionary states that, you know, like, he created the Sovereign. He created Aisha, who, who then created Adam. And it's... It comes out in the story that like, yeah, I created you and you were supposed to be uh, just a, a cosmetic type of experiment. And then you, your egos just got so inflated. And so yeah. it's kind of interesting because even he even says to he them. "You called that, him a
1: beautiful idiot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys are beautiful idiots. Like they're nothing special. You're not even my perfect race. You were just an experiment. One of many. Yeah, that's all you are.
1: Yeah, the the uh, Skeletor bugged me in this in this movie, but <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, well, we'll get to him in a second. But let's talk about that like that battle, like as he he freaking holds his own against well, the Guardians. Say it again.
1: He levels everybody. It's like not even fair. You're watching and you're just like is this going to be a really short movie? Just have a lot of after-credit scenes? Like, what the hell's going on here?
0: Yeah, but it, at least it shows how dominant he could be, how strong he is, how fast, his powers. Um, Nebula does get a cool scene where she puts on her gear and just, like, just shoots a, a laser beam or wherever the hell it is at him, and he just goes flying, which is pretty cool. So it's cool to see that it's not just a flat out decimation of the guardians of the galaxy, who is like the, the team with the utmost of highest reputations and, in the galaxy. So it's, it's nice to see that they can put up a fight, but it is interesting because he is beating the shit out of everyone. And um, yeah, then you have Rocket that gets shot in the chest and uh, flies back like a million feet and everyone now is uh, going to his aid
1: was it just me or did she have like did Nebula have a bunch of Stark tech in this movie?
0: Um rocket tech. Rocket tech is uh a lot different compared to Stark tech.
1: I don't know man that suit looked a lot like uh like um Gwyneth Paltrow's with the little uh, things in the back the thrusters and the it, it looked very Starky.
0: Yeah, but stark tech isn't the best in the galaxy so uh rocket i think she there's a, a throwaway line somewhere that rocket made some uh, modifications for yeah. nebula so i think that's that's what it was rocket's fucking smart which is crazy and and you don't think about it but when you look back at the previous movies like oh yeah he's the one like making all of his guns he's the one who gets them out of prison so, you get to see a little bit of his backstory, and then you understand like, holy shit, this raccoon broke out of a prison 22 times, 23 if you count um, the first Guardians movie. And yeah, he has that skill set because he just has a knack for putting things together.
1: He's a smart little trash panda. So, after updated Rocket Tech Nebula, Stabby Stabs, uh, you know, the Golden Boy. Um, we figure out that rockets really damaged, damaged hurt. I don't even know. And then they pull what I would assume is more rocket tech out in these fancy med packs that rebuild everything. Like they fix the broken arm. They, uh, the thing, and then rocket has coded encoded things. Like, don't you think he would have disabled that shit? Like I'm trying to understand why he worked so hard on Nebula and not himself
0: he might not have known it was there. And if he did know it was there, he didn't have a code to bypass it, I guess. I mean, maybe, you're right. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you would think that if if he ever got hurt, they, he could do a scan on himself and they would be able to see that stuff. Because it looked like there was, like, a Matrix-type sentinel critter on his heart. That's what it looked like, the kill switch, if you will.
1: Yeah, and it also looked like, Um, I mean, they they did so many they did the X-Ray and Guardians one when they went to prison and shit like that, I thought would have like handled that but I was, it did not, apparently Um, but I don't know, I was just I was like, okay, well, it's fine It's it's a plot device and it's there and now we need to chase the backstory of Rocket and I was excited about that figure out where it goes and then, you know Nebula's got contacts. She's got peoples, so they go out, and it turns out the peoples' surprise are the Ravagers, who nobody's excited to see. Even though at the end of Guardians two, they were all buddy buddy.
0: True, true. That was a little bit weird, but it's not like um, Stakar, who surprise, surprise, Sylvester Stallone um, made it to this movie. It's not like he was part of the same faction as Quill. If anything, the Sakar's faction of Ravagers hated Yondu's because of Yondu picking up Quill as a, as a kid.
1: They gave him the fireworks. They were fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were paying respect to Yondu and, you know, letting them know. And sure, you could be, you could be civil at a funeral you know but at the same time you don't necessarily like the group of people that are letting you know that that person died
1: that scene just reminded me of the wrath tar scene in the force awakens where they show up and and they're just all over han solo i'm like this also doesn't make a lot of sense but okay
0: did you catch the like the red creature that had the doctor strange type magic yeah i i thought that was pretty interesting so i'm wondering if during the end game battle this is the only this is my my bro math, right during the end game battle um because the ravagers fought alongside everyone maybe that person or maybe they were at comertage already and then they decided like oh these guys are pretty cool i'm gonna go off with them and, and, you know, like, and that's how he, he had his magic, you know, like his
1: magic also let him make emojis. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> what explain what do you
1: mean? You didn't see the smiley face emoji that he made?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 of course. yeah. I thought I was thought you were talking about something different. Well, yeah, I mean, it's magic, dude, like it's it's wizardry that you can practice.
1: They make their way with the Ravagers. They get the info. They get Gamora to go with them, which seemed completely unnecessary. Was I the only one that was like, that doesn't make sense that she needed to go. She could have just given them the information. If she's yeah. so weirded out and sexually harassed by Quill all the time, <laughs> why did she get on that ship?
0: That's true. That's true. Um, But you need to have her with the Guardians, right?
1: I mean, you do, but, like, that was just lazy writing.
0: Hmm. I, I can't say it's lazy writing, right? Because James Gunn had his vision. The only thing that I can say is that he needed to get that all together because he didn't write Infinity War or Endgame. So he needed to be able to get these people back together. Because originally this movie was supposed to be released, was it before Endgame or after Endgame? I can't remember. But it was supposed to come out well before 2023. It's just because of um, some delays uh, and then also him getting fired, obviously. That That is something that was not anticipated so he kind of had to roll with the punches on that
1: yeah that's i get what you mean i get what you mean uh again i i just don't think that that her i didn't love the reasoning but i did love the fancy uniforms they all got
0: the uh blue red and orange stuff
1: basically they were like they were almost the spacesuits from like 2001, a space odyssey, right? They had some pastels to them and, and that, and I loved the button. You had to be a guitarist (laughs) to be able to use the communicators. As they
0: jump, as they jump out of the spaceship though, space hogs in the meantime plays at that point, man, I am like, I'm bopping my head in the theater, tapping my foot just having a good time with the soundtrack. Like I loved, I didn't actually, you know what? I didn't even love that song back in the day. I liked it, but that made me just remember like, oh man, I remember this in seventh grade. I remember just rocking out to this in the, in the car and everything or in my room, such a fun song. And the fact that it, it fits perfectly with this scene in the movie is so much fun. And it's, it's a fun song. And they're just bouncing in their little anti-gravity type or you know, gravity type of atmosphere. And you notice how Mantis can never fall correctly? She's always just so fucking goofy. There's a couple like mean spills that she takes. Yeah. Every time.
1: I, I I thought it was hilarious that she's always just spiraling out of control.
0: Yeah. For someone who can control people's emotions, she cannot control her physical body
1: just by all.
0: by jumping up and down or falling anywhere. Oh, man.
1: But she always used to just stand behind ego. I mean, what else was there?
0: She could have tricked her own mind to say that she was confident or a gymnast or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you could have told herself she's Spider-Man, but it wouldn't mean it's the truth.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the mind is more powerful than the body, so you never know. But speaking of of Mantis and her powers, uh, there's a scene in that in that little um biomass planet that it was that they were on. The the
1: super weird butthole.
0: The uh, yeah, (laughs) I guess. I didn't think of a butthole, but yeah. If if that's what you want to think about, go for it.
1: All I saw was this big little round situation and I'm just like man what do we got here?
0: My, uh, your mind's on butts and the hole in between it.
1: So. I, uh, You know I, maybe I just had to poop when I was watching this movie. I don't know.
0: The uh, I love when her and Drax go off on their little side quest and I love the fact that they partner up with each other because they fit so well together but when she tells the the little concierge guy that you're madly in love with Drax and it's just a funny scene and Drax just like he's like all shy and bashful about it and he's just like yeah I'm Drax the destroyer and he's such a good actor dave batista did such a great job with his range in this movie uh i'll watch him in anything
1: i agree i feel like they gave the impression that that's not the first time she's done that right and they make you want a drax and mantis show yeah yeah like i would watch a drax and mantis
0: i mean we got, a, we got a good taste of that in the christmas special and it was fun it was so much fun and i you get to see a little bit more of of that in this movie but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case no no he's done he's he said he is like over it and uh He just doesn't he's not a big fan of marvel Uh, i guess you know with them not calling him back for um, the what if series and also just them firing james gunn he wanted to stand by his guy so uh, there's no love lost there i don't think i think he's done he's uh, he's happy with uh not having to wear that makeup
1: yeah there's this little thing called money though that.
0: Batista's over 50 years old, and if they bring him back, I mean, he'll be close to 60 by the time that they would bring like a Guardians project in. Like, that's that's tough to swallow, man. I think that's uh I mean, that's tough how old one.
1: is The Rock at this point?
0: Um uh, like early 50s. And,
1: and that man still gets brought in everything, baby.
0: Yeah, but he's not as, uh, you know, Batista's not as universally loved as the rock is and the rock has the iron paradise where he's clanging and banging you know so uh batista as well of a specimen as he is i don't think he's rocking the iron paradise at four o'clock in the morning every day like Dwayne is
1: i mean but they're both on the same cocktail of steroids and testosterone i'm sure
0: I don't think so. The Rock has his own special bartender for the cocktails he takes because I mean, that guy is,
1: oh,
0: so crazy, so crazy. Um, but here's something that I want to ask you. So there's, we've got Rocket who has, um, who's potentially dying, right? They They go to rescue their friend. And this scene where they get found out uh where they're getting shot at. Drax Batista takes like a heavy shot to the chest. And you see Mantis kind of fearing for his life. Do you think that he's gonna be off right there? Because he takes the one shot to the chest and then another shot to the back. Do you think at the time that Drax is gonna die here?
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, maybe they're not gonna kill Rocket, they're gonna kill all of them. Like it it, it looked like he was he was. They were setting him up for, for some dying.
0: Yeah. Like a heroic type of, yeah. we're going to go save our friends, but they don't really get anything of, of substance because the, the code that they're looking for isn't even where, uh, where they wanted to get it. So it's missing. And so I thought at that point, I'm like, at I'm, I'm thinking like, Oh, Drax is going to die. And like, I've got my mouth open, like just, Oh no. what is this it? Is this it for Drax? And yeah, uh, apparently he's okay.
1: Yeah. They didn't find the info in the Plumbus, which was very disappointing, but um, yeah, they, they all got out of there pretty quick. Um, After, after Quill sweet talked the chick that he was already going to sweet talk, which I, I think that he's had good luck with pink skinned women in the past. Right, like if, if if throwback to the first Guardians, he's like, I got
0: this. They dig me. That's um, immediately what I thought. I was yeah, like, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, it's her sister. It's fine.
0: He's um, gonna try to fuck her. <laughs> Nebula, watch this. Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, but man. but uh, yeah. I, I I definitely thought it was it was funny enough there, and and they got they hacked Nathan Fillion's little blob suit. The closest thing to Clayface we've ever seen in the MCU, even though he's a DC character, like the weird, <laughs> like foamy, blubbery situations that were going on there. I'm like, where's the helmet? Like, I want the, the full, the full, like, death to Smoopy situation. Let's go.
0: I like that Nathan Fillion was in that. Now I'm just thinking, oh my God. It's TDK, <laughs> the detachable kid. I love that James Gunn just recycles the same actors. He's like, if you're friends with him, like, hey, come on board, man. I got a part for you. And, and I, was, I was wrong in my original prediction. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum was back as uh, one of the Ravagers, which was pretty sweet to see.
1: Dude, they brought a lot of people back, though. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> I don't know how much we want to jump around, but Howard the Duck, the Collector, everybody, was pretty great. The Collector even.
0: wasn't there. He
1: was at the poker game.
0: No, no, no. That's the oh, not the Collector. Sorry, that's the broker from, or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, that
1: guy. Yeah. Either way, the guy that that that, that was going to buy the first Infinity Stone. Yeah. Um, yeah. you'd love to see that, and you know they got everybody they got everybody together, which was which was cool, but um. They finally let Groot drive and now we know that he didn't have a permit because um, man that was, that's, you're, just, you're just thinking they're going to kill the Bowie at that point um, which
0: I'm disappointed they didn't have another ship which by the way didn't look anything like from what I remember from Endgame so that's why I was thinking like oh god it better be the fucking Locklear I'm like praying for it like oh that would be so sweet if they had a, a different name for that
1: you can't you can't not have it be the Bowie. He's the yeah, Starman.
0: You, you can because there's a different ship every movie. So they should have had a different ship.
1: He's the Star-Lord. He needs the Bowie. It just works. It's on the
0: zoom, baby. The Milano, Benatar, Bowie. One of those things just doesn't belong here. One of those things just isn't the same. So it should have been the Locklayer, or it should have been the Farah, or something like that. You know, but,
1: but Benatar transitioned them into music.
0: That's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's like cars. Cars are always named after women. So ships, I would assume would be the same way. So like I said, I will say that the Bowie was the wrong name for the, those ships. You could have had the Locklear. You could have had the freaking Ginger or Marianne, for God's sakes. It could have been something different.
1: Yeah, no. I, I, I dug the Bowie just because of all the, the the Ziggy Stardust references. So I was good with it. Yeah, but could have they had
0: a different ship. If anything, for merchandise purposes, you should have had some some other ship. They had the Bowie for three movies. Infinity War... Endgame and Love and Thunder? Too much, man. Too much.
1: That just means they didn't get messed up. So that's a good thing.
0: Well, they should have had a different one for toys.
1: So so technically they did have a different ship. It was called Nowhere.
0: Yeah. Which, that's a- kind of cool that that planet was now a, a moving... Um, Star killer base, if you will, yeah,
1: there's a lot of death, and it was in the stars. I don't I know what you could call it. Um, it also looked like it was not operational, so yeah, definitely a lot of uh, definitely a little bit of uh, snippy, snippy. Uh, oh, I like this idea. Let's just use George Lucas's best space plans.
0: I think I will go out on a limb and say this is probably more of a complete series than star wars like the nine movies of star wars i think mm-hmm. these three movies for gardens of the galaxy and you could factor in a little bit of like infinity war um and Endgame, game probably more complete than star wars more complete
1: uh, i would disagree because if you're gonna add all the ancillary content in Star Wars is very
0: complete. But we're not adding in the ancillary characters. You want to know why? Because they never completed the story for any of them.
1: But they did. They did, and then they had to retcon it all.
0: Who did they who did they bring in as ancillary characters and completed their, their story?
1: They did like a whole like so hey. Yeah backing up to star wars and focusing on the og trilogy pre-prequels there were books going on for years i'm I'm not talking about books
0: i'm talking about movies
1: you can't talk about movies
0: i'm talking about a movie right now and i talk about movies every week on this podcast
1: i think that the the i think that the success of the mcu is based around one person having creative control and the MCU only started and finished with that same person. Now you're talking about control and writing changing multiple times in this and people not even finishing their own movies.
0: Um, fine, go back to the original trilogy then.
1: I think the original trilogy takes you through a whole journey. It, it actually takes... I would say that that Han in the original trilogy takes the, the same uh, journey as Quill in these three movies.
0: Disagree, and I don't see that at all. Mm. What type of complete storyline does Han Solo have? He's a guy that doesn't want to help, and he doesn't want to help, and he falls in love with someone, and then he's and a he general.
1: Helps.
0: And then he's yeah, a general, the, baby. The shittiest general in the rebel battalion.
1: I would say that that general uh, um, rallied the natives to take out uh, a, a much more technical uh, um, and, and advanced war machine and changed the course of the galaxy forever.
0: Princess Leia did that. Not Han Solo.
1: No, she was too busy getting shot.
0: She got the the natives. She got the Ewoks on their side. If it wasn't for her, they would not be fighting.
1: If it wasn't for her, they wouldn't have got captured.
0: Well, I don't know. know. That's another reason why that movie is shit. Um, It's not better than Empire. Uh, Even though I used to think that it was. I used to think that it was. Oh, it
1: totally is. It's okay. You can be wrong. It's fine.
0: Uh, nah. I'm all right well let's go back to Guardians of the gal. Let's go back to the good more complete movies. Oh no. <laughs> no. but but seriously though like you have that that scene where Drax you think is gonna die. Um, I think every character they do some type of scare where Nebula in that first scene where Warlock just beats the shit out of her um, you kind of get that scare like oh my god. He might just kill a bunch of people right here, right now.
1: Um, I mean, Mantis breaks her arm and is getting beat down. Yeah. Rax is getting pummeled like he's the Hulk versus Thanos. They definitely give you multiple scares and all the hype going into this that somebody's going to die. They even show you the limp quill uh, doll, like yeah. in the trailers. And you're like, oh man, at the end, is he just. Just and you think that that's at the end, and then they open it that way. So they've, this whole movie has this subtle, somber overtone, and this like feeling like something bad's gonna
0: happen. Do you like that feeling? And do you like that tone?
1: So I'm not like looking for it. But I appreciate it in this setting because, like, there's been so many shitty endings to stories, right? The Game of Thrones ending, um, you know, stuff like that, where you're just like, "This could be so good." I love all these characters. Ah, oh, this sucked, <laughs> right? So, I like the fact that I'm I'm concerned. It draws me into the plot more. It's like, "Oh man, are they going? What? How? How do they get out of it?" Right. It gives them that last bit of, of, you know, it gives our last level of concern for them before they're not in movies anymore. So I I liked it and it it kept me engaged. It's not something you get a lot in the MCU, right? You get sunshine and rainbows a lot. Um, So I'm I'm happy to have something with a little bit of a, a, a different tonality.
0: Do you think this movie is family friendly?
1: That depends on your definition of family-friendly. Do you think Back As, to the Future is family-friendly?
0: I would say so, but um, it is kind of weird that he goes back in time to fuck his mother, doesn't it? I
1: mean, so Back to the Future has uh, cuss words in it, has a bunch of sexual references. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff in Back to the Future where, like, I don't remember this part. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, whoa.
0: Or you didn't get it at the time when you were Yeah, you
1: didn't get it. Or like, when did they cuss in Back to the Future?
0: See, I think there's a difference between like Back to the Future and Volume 3 because Back to the Future is more family-friendly because there's some jokes in there that people or like kids would not get. Kids will understand sadness. Kids will understand animal abuse and cruelty. Kids will understand people getting shot and almost close to dying or even people saying like, Oh my God, he's dying. You know, like, so it's, it's interesting because I, I had a, a tough time watching this movie and keeping my emotions on an even keel.
1: Yeah. I was surprised. I didn't, I didn't get super emotional until the end.
0: Really? So not at all during the, the movie. Uh, were you like close to being teary eyed or anything like that?
1: Not until the, the, the part of the ending.
0: Hmm. All right. So something we haven't talked about yet is. Rocket's backstory and his little uh, wonder pet friends. So you got Lila, Teefs and Floor. So you didn't, uh, and you didn't feel any type of motion after uh, Lila gets shot. And he's just sitting there, like wailing and crying. You, like, no feeling at all. No, no. Really interesting, interesting. You know where what um what got me was was that part, but not not just that, but the high evolution. Uh, excuse me, high evolutionary's reaction to rocket just wailing. Because then he starts to do wah wah wah, like almost like that that parent or a person that's sick of a little kid or a baby crying, where they just yeah. get so fed up. There was like, okay, we get it, you're crying, like, and then they they start to mock them. And yeah. I'm just like, whoa, this guy's a fucking prick! Like, good god.
1: I mean, luckily he gets his comeuppance really quickly after that.
0: Yeah, um, immediately. And I think.
1: I think more shitty parents need to get their faces bitten off.
0: Yeah, right? But right after that, then Rocket, you know, he goes into his little feral mode. And he goes into almost his uh, instant bounty hunter mode where he picks up a gun. He knows how to use it and shoots the guys. But uh, then his little wonder pet friends are, are dead and shot right behind him.
1: I was wondering how they're getting the Wallace out of there, to be honest. I was like, man, how are they going to roll, roll
0: teeths out of there? Oh, no need. We're good. We're man. good. So not even there, you were like, you were sad.
1: I mean, you kind of knew they were going to die. You've never seen them before.
0: Interesting, though, like if, uh, if you watch or rewatch um, the first one where he's in prison and you know how it has like the little the little stats of everybody yeah uh, apparently you know he had uh known i think like known accomplices or something whatever was there um lila was one of them so i caught that on my review of um uh, the first one which is interesting like like okay so how does apparently that's you know no, nothing ever happened like they never went on like any adventures but the eight nine p one three was mentioned in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, 89P13 calls himself Rocket. So it's, it's kind of cool that they, it's all well built. It's so tight. Gunn kept his story pretty consistent all across the board. That might just be the lone hiccup as to, uh, you know, like, oh, well, what was that whole thing with his, his known accomplices is Lila? Like that's the only one, right? But cool little shout out, or at least an Easter egg for those in the comics. And it's uh it's nice. It's nice that he pays that close attention to the details.
1: Yeah, no, Gunn is Gunn is a great writer. I'll give you that. And and I definitely think that he has the ability to have all this continuity because he's just going back to back to back. It's like he put the sketch together ahead of time. And uh yeah, he did. I will give you that he got you know he got um ryan johnson when they when they killed or or took away the the love interest thing but it seems like he knew about it like i would guess that they talked about this ahead of time
0: yeah yeah but wouldn't that just fucking suck as a director and writer that like wait a second you're gonna kill this person ah fuck well or
1: did you already tell the love story And you needed a different plot device to explore to get more depth into Quill.
0: Yeah. Or it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I would be kind of bummed. Like it's not his character. Right. But he had his vision for the three movies. And I'm pretty sure that that was uh, at least thought of, or at least a rough draft prior to um, the Russos or who, uh, you know, um, Marcus McFeely, uh, yeah. you know, writing and all that stuff,
1: but you always knew the soul stone that have to give somebody up,
0: yeah. But did it have to be Gamora? I guess I don't know. I don't know who else he would have given up for it. He can't toss one of his other children down there, Nebula, maybe. I don't know.
1: It wasn't gonna be Nebula
0: because he didn't love her. That's true. There you go, buddy. But... Well, speaking of uh, of love, uh, let's talk about the friendship of the Guardians and like what did we learn from all these characters and, and throughout the movies but specifically in this particular movie you know, what did we learn about them? Like their character growth and, and, and their overall dynamic as a team.
1: The one thing that I pulled from it is I, I feel like we learned that their relationship isn't as tight as we may have been led to believe in the second movie. Like there's infighting, there's, there's grudges, there's these little things that they're just, they're, they've been together for so long in space that they, they need some space, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, they, they really are a family though, I think. I think that you know, they'll always have each other's backs, even though that they kind of just are, are so annoyed with each other. And that's like, isn't that like the true definition of family? Like you can be annoyed to shit of your family members, but if anyone ever threatens them or or there's potential danger for them, you'll be there to protect them. Or at least, you know, you would think that a good family member would be.
1: No, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that that is very valid that, that, um, dysfunction is, uh, is a characteristic of family and, uh, If any group is dysfunctional, it's this
0: one. Yeah. And every time they come together, it's when there's some type of major risk involved, right? In this case, it happens to be like the most ultimate risk of, okay, uh, and Quill says, like, it's my best friend. I need to go save him. It's interesting because, you know, as I was saying before, and and you were saying like they're not as tight as it seems to be but yet he keeps on referring to him as his best friend
1: his and, second best friend
0: according to Drax according to Drax but they're all i don't know if i pick up the whole best friend thing but if you look back at the previous movies then you do so i think that there might be a little bit of an issue there where it's if you haven't seen the third I'm sorry, if you haven't seen the first and second movie, you don't get as much of an appreciation for what they're saying because they've been on so many adventures. They've fought a war against someone who is going to kill half of the universe. So it's it's a tough pill to swallow for those who are not the big MCU fans or if they haven't seen everything or even if they haven't seen the Christmas special. Do you get that same type of feeling for the Guardians?
1: Probably I think that Marvel's not. reached that point. Marvel's reached that point where they can't do a movie that that sits on its own unless it's a reintroduction or a new introduction of a character, right? Like Captain Marvel, the first one, like that stood on its own um, because it was a new character. But if it's not a new character, like... Are you going to get it? There's a lot of movies on the slate coming up that are not like first timer friendly, yeah. you know? And that's that, that is really starting to be heard loud and clear. And I think that you make a great point that if we don't, that they're relying on the audience to understand the characters to add the proper depth, you could have just called out the reason that superhero movies are on a little bit of a decline
0: i am a little bit surprised at how i, I caught myself in the theater that i'm just like mm, is this is too many jokes was this necessary was nathan fillion's comment about his idiot subordinate like was it too much uh, it's funny as hell but at the same time like mmm. Mm. I like how clever this is, but does this fit within everything? Because it keeps coming up. And, but he does a very good job of blending in that serious and sad tone and then flat-out violence. Because when you think about the flat-out violence, you've got Adam Warlock who like melts down someone when Aisha says, show him we mean business. And he's yeah, just that was nuts.
1: That was fucking <laughs> nuts.
0: You also have Gamora, who's like fucking Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon, and uh, she just she's just a loose a loose cannon. And uh, instead of just like trying to negotiate with people, she just fucking shoots uh, James Gunn's wife's leg right there, and she's just like screaming. <laughs> it's like holy shit! She didn't even hesitate to just shoot this lady. It was just uh, shocking, but funny at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think that this movie had a great balance, but that helped with not knowing context. I don't know. I I still think that context thing is a big piece, but seeing where all these characters were and seeing the rifts, even the rifts between Drax and Mantis, right? Where where they've obviously done this song dance before and they're getting sick of each other. I think that it gave us a lot clearer context picture about where we were with the Guardians then where the sunshine and rainbows aspect may have may have been perceived right pre uh, um, you know as guardians of the galaxy
0: what about you know who we haven't really talked about uh, too much is the high el- evolutionary
1: oh you mean I- one of the main characters we, we skipped that for the last like hour
0: well the the villain but i, I i'm okay with skipping him because you know we love our our guardians but What are your thoughts on the High Evolutionary?
1: I'd never heard of the character from a comics perspective. Um, I like that they brought somebody in that could help tell the Rocket story in in very tight detail. Um, I think it's a flawed character in that they're so worried about perfection that they're also expect perfection from themselves as they seek perfection. And seeing this person struggle with understanding why he's creating intellect better than his own um, you know was definitely interesting at least to me um, the other interesting part is he didn't try any other raccoons right because they were all still there at the end and they're all the same size but um, you know it's just like oh well it seems like you stopped at one raccoon that there's no method there what are you doing i wanted yeah. to see rocket on booster or something like that right whatever you named the other raccoon right i wanted to see a trash panda war but that didn't happen
0: the actor who played it i cannot pronounce his name so i'm not going to even attempt to butcher it but i thought he was so good at his execution and delivery because at the very beginning, as he's talking to little baby rocket and kind of teaching him, it's like, yes, that's right. You know, it's like a preschool teacher. He's like kind of cheering him on. Yeah, that's right. I'm explaining some stuff to you and you're a very smart boy, or you're a very smart raccoon. And then he, he has this like passive aggressiveness to him to where it's like, Oh, huh. That's kind of a, that's kind of interesting. And then he's just flat out fucking mean. And so I think that guy who i'm sorry i will not pronounce his name incorrectly just out of respect to the actor but he is so dedicated and executes his role so well in the limited and i will say limited time that he has on the screen because it's not a whole lot no his range of emotions and his delivery oh my god i haven't seen anything that good since brolin as thanos
1: he does play the narcissistic Bond villain well.
0: And I enjoyed it. Mm, you, s- you say that as if, because Bond villains are kind of cheap and, and formulaic. Oh, I mean,
1: he still followed a lot of the tropes, right? Well, shouldn't you as a villain? Well, I, I, Yeah, but you just, you just called me out for saying something that was formulaic, and then you agreed that there should be a formula. <laughs> So, well, you can't have it both ways.
0: I'm not saying you saying he was formulaic. You were saying that, you know, he was a Bond villain. Like, well, Bond villains are kind of shitty. There is no good James Bond villain that has depth, I should say.
1: Well, I don't know how much depth the guy had. He was just a narcissist. Mm. He was a narcissist who was angry that he was wrong.
0: Right, but the delivery, the, the delivery acting of the delivery of was stuff.
1: great, the acting was amazing, the character was easily readable, the acting was great. I you know what I will say, I agree with you. Best Marvel villain since Thanos, and that might be because I'm biased against Kang, but I don't give a shit. This guy cooler than Kang.
0: I I like Kang, but I think high evolutionary was definitely a very worthy villain, and you know, I don't think he falls into that shallow villain uh, archetype as what Marvel is known for, where they have a shitty villain.
1: There aren't many shitty villains though, like even the i don't know i I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him. I, I thought the acting was amazing. I also will not uh, butcher uh, the name, but i I thought it was a a, a wonderful performance i enjoyed it i thought there was some range there and some emotion that you know you you definitely you know definitely felt the palpable anger and confusion and embarrassment and all those things um in the early version of the character in the pre skeletor phase in the post skeletor phase you got so much anger yeah and and i liked that there was difference there as well
0: What did he think of like the final showdown between him and the Guardians?
1: I don't understand what his powers are.
0: So he came up with some type of machinery to be telekinetic, essentially. That's what it seemed like. So why wouldn't you force choke them? Well, I don't know if they have force... Like telekinesis over air or their skin or flesh, I guess. I don't know. And if you force choke one, someone, well, that's just like choking someone. Someone can come up behind you and then just beat the shit out of you, I guess.
1: Not if you force choke multiple.
0: Oh well, yeah, but... That's telekinesis, Kyle. Has My anyone... Bullets. Has any of the Sith ever force choked multiple people? I, I don't think I, I've ever seen that.
1: I mean, if you could lift multiple things with your head, you could crush multiple windpipes.
0: Mm, yeah, theoretically, but I've never seen a Sith do it. So, Mr. Resident Luke Jedi. did it.
1: Did he? When he went in a Jabba's Palace, he choked two Gamorian guards at the same time. Mm. They both went...
0: Uh... Wait, did but he yeah. do it with, like, two hands or just, like, one hand? One hand. Mind bullets, Kyle. I don't I don't remember that at all. Well, you gotta watch the best Star Wars movie. So so no Sith did it though. I
1: mean, I I would assume that it has been done by the Sith.
0: You would assume, but I don't know if we've ever seen that on film. Mm -hmm.
1: Not on film, but Alkalite comes out later this year. So you might. You may be privileged.
0: All right then. with with that final battle, um, it's cool to see how well they work together to take somebody down. Because the the high evolutionary doesn't even, I don't even think he really gets a hit off on those guys. It's more so like when he's throwing rocket around because he's so frustrated at him uh, when he's all alone. But I think once they all team up together, no one touches them, right?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was, a, it was weird. He was weirdly underpowered to fight that group and I don't understand why he why like the 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 gold guy didn't just take him out because he obviously could have right well
0: he was already out of commission at that point
1: I meant earlier in the movie when he was threatening the gold race he could have just fucking taken him out and made him ribs
0: made him a burnt
1: corpse because he did not have the power ability
0: well he didn't have the maturity to do something about it he's a simpleton
1: yeah
0: so they're all beautiful idiots i think that's a, a good reason as to why adam warlock works is because if he's that powerful what's the purpose of him just like the hulk right like if you have the hulk like what why do you need any other avenger he could just beat the shit out of everyone But it's because the Hulk is a loose cannon. He can't really control his emotions and his anger, so his anger blinds him. Same thing with Adam Warlock is that he's so strong, but he is such a simpleton, he can't really effectively fight against everyone because he doesn't have the maturity to grasp of when he should fight, how he should fight uh, in certain situations.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you um, there. But again, I, I just, I didn't... This fight was definitely. It was like let's get through this fight, so we can start to we could start the descent. Like they needed to get past the conflict because you knew they were going to win. Let's see what we could do. We want to do this flying space Leia quill scene, real quick. So let's get to that.
0: Well, you know what I think. Oh what could be a a explanation as to why that scene unfolded the way it did against the high evolutionary is that so very, you know, friends look out for each other. I think this was a cool way for rocket to face his oppressor and then his friends come in to back him up because a lot of times in, in the other fights, um, they they back each other up but i don't think to this this degree right it's almost as if like rocket it's okay we got you we're going to we're going to team up and you finally get a chance to see the guardians like really really like almost assassin level type of team ups where they're taking out the bad guy and i think it's just like it's it's awesome because they're sticking up for their friend their friend who was on on his deathbed at death's door and they come in and they, they show their expertise and they, they do their powers and they do what they do best.
1: I think that there's, I think there's a lot there. Right. And, and, and it, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was excited to get past that. And then they decide to save everybody and you get the conquering hero, the good dog, the Cosmo that comes in and uses his puppy force to his puppy telekinesis to hold the, the, the ship together. And they just, Oh, we got to get all the kids because Drax loves kids, which I was very, that was the start of the unraveling of my emotions. The, Oh, Drax used to be a daddy again. And then they move in all these people out of there. And, and then you see the cage of unaged Oregon trash pandas.
0: I mean, it could have been like another batch, I don't think they just stayed the same age and size. They're from America, so I doubt it's the same. It's the same raccoons.
1: I don't know, man. Rocket got his family.
0: Well, he saved a bunch of raccoons. I he wouldn't did. say he, he got did. his family.
1: He did save a bunch of raccoons, but no,
0: I, I take it back. He did get his family. He got he got a family. Uh, unfortunately, like they went their separate ways, but it was a. A mutual respect but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves so we talked a little bit about the uh that that showdown um what did you think about Quill when he was frozen in space I thought he was dead for sure I thought oh my god he's dead they killed him
1: they weren't gonna kill him cause he went back for his iPod alright his Zoom. they weren't gonna do that I'm like oh they're doing the space Leia thing. Awesome. Wonder where he got that. And then they bring him in and, and he's okay. Because you knew he was half celestial. He's going to be all right.
0: Yeah, but his celestial powers were gone after Ego was killed.
1: I guess. You know what I want to know?
0: Where where was his helmet? The whole movie. I think. For some reason, I remember that it was damaged or broken, and so that's why it never came back. Or
1: his rockety boots.
0: That's what I'm... I don't know about the rockety boots, but I I feel like um, his helmet was damaged in like Endgame or something. Do you remember that? Because he had his helmet uh, when he came back, but then it was gone after that. You never saw it after that, so maybe it got damaged in the battle.
1: But if Rocket upgraded Nebula, upgraded the ship, upgraded everything, he couldn't get the Star-Lord mask going?
0: Maybe he didn't want it. Maybe he just wanted to drink drink himself stupid. Mm-hmm. He never had it during Thor Love and Thunder, right? I don't remember, but
1: I don't either. I, don't I gotta go I going back? I thought he did.
0: No, oh, maybe. I, I don't remember seeing it, but yeah.
1: Maybe Thor has it now.
0: Nah. But he did, way, like, Thor did, let him have his shift. So
1: I don't know. I, I thought that that was that, that was you know there was all these rumors they were going to kill somebody off, but I did not think he was going to die there.
0: You didn't think at the point where his body just like bloated up and was all frozen. They had and med shit. packs, bro. Yeah, I know. Which then uh, it made me think, why didn't they save Yandu that way?
1: Because Rocket hadn't invented him yet.
0: <laughs> and, and Yondu wasn't
1: part Celestial.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, that, that to me is like a... I liked I like the fact that each and every one of the Guardians, you think they're going to die at some point. The only exception, because she wasn't a Guardian essentially, is Gamora. But everyone else had like a near-death experience or you thought that they were going to die. Yeah.
1: I agree. I I don't know. I think that there's a lot of potential in in what happens after this, and and doing some one offs and, and 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 bring back. There's a lot of what ifs too that could come from this, which I love. But I I think that after they resolve this, they broke up the band.
0: You know. What were your I mean, thoughts on that?
1: So there was foreshadowing about Quill's disappointment and that he would maybe go back to earth. I thought for some reason, the high evolutionary was going to just start moving towards earth, right? He destroyed other earth. So now let's take these things to earth. Like I thought there was going to be a direct earth threat for a minute. And maybe that's because he had the pulled face from a star Trek movie where they, you know, went after a planet and stuff like that. So who knows? But, um, yeah, I thought that they were gonna go there. So seeing Quill go, like, I don't think you were surprised. And you knew they had to they had to put a, a bow on this somehow. But um the 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 moment that got me was the Drax. you were meant to be a dad thing or a fun dad. I was like, oh, and my wife like started poking me. And I'm just like, thanks. Thanks a lot. Um you know, so that's that's when I was just like, oh, man. But when he go, you know, they, 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 they do Drax Mantis says I need to be independent and takes her, uh, uh, you know, tars with her, whatever they're called. I don't know what they're <laughs> right. But it looks exactly like a tar, like almost identical um, to the things in in in, uh, in Force Awakens. Um, so she goes out on her own nebula now overseas it is definitely an interesting corporate structure there but quill taking time and 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 quill going back and getting the the grandpa scene and that that killed me that was that was just
0: so (laughs) i i i I, I ugly cried at that part yeah and like i i uh...
1: uncontrollably ugly cried
0: I had my hand like this so my family nope. wouldn't see me, and then on the second viewing, I had my hoodie up strategically, <laughs> and but luckily I had the 3D glasses on too, so I had the hoodie on pretty much the entire time, knowing that like mm, I got pretty emotional the first watch of this movie. Yeah. I'm gonna have the hoodie up just in case. That happens in the second time, but 3D glasses was nice, and and there was there's some strange dude sitting right next to me, so I'm like, oh fuck, am I going to be able to enjoy this movie, or at least be able to either conceal my my uh, emotions as this is Dan, going through?
1: Dan, just let it out, baby. Nobody's ever judging. You're never going to see that weird guy again.
0: Yeah, right. But um, I was surprised at it still got me the second time. Yeah, and. Yeah wow like i, I want to kind of go back to uh to the whole announcement because like you see how like rocket is so sad he's like well is this it is it, are we just we're we're done like it's just like you know your friends when you when you get together when you're younger and you're all having so much fun and then someone has to go and then someone else says like yeah i should probably go home too it's like what we're done? Like, we're not going to play anymore? Like, come on, there's still some daylight. Like, it's almost that level of childish disappointment and sadness that's like, no, we're having fun. We we should stay together. We should continue to play. You know, like, it's, that's what I equivalated it to is just because of Rockets, as smart as he is, he is still very immature when it comes to dealing with these serious types of things. I
1: think you're to the point where it's just like you, you don't know the good old days or the good old days until they're gone. And Rocket's yep. dealing with that level of of not loss but change. Yeah. He's a sad panda, a sad trash panda.
0: But I liked everyone's explanation of what they were gonna do and why they were gonna do it. Uh so what started with everything was And oh, holy shit, man. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to James Gunn and also Florence and the Machine because what a perfect song and what perfect placement for this movie. For that scene of everyone celebrating, but also it's a very still, somber, sad tone of people leaving. You're leaving your friends. You're leaving your family, which is, it's tough. Any way you cut it, it is super tough. But that music, oh my God so cool i loved every second of it
1: the whole soundtrack was just i think this was the best we talked about it the last time which which guardians had the best soundtrack i think it's this one
0: do you think it's because a lot of it is it's more of our nostalgia not just oldies but are true songs that we listened to when we were kids. And it brings us back to some of those memories.
1: I do appreciate the amount of Beastie Boys that was in this movie. I have not been this excited by Beastie Boys in a movie since the first Pine Star Trek.
0: Um, Well, that was cool. But did you not like it or did you not kind of cringe where it's like, yep, I just fucking heard this in Mario Brothers. No, no. I, I didn't I, like it. I didn't. To like your it.
1: point of to your point of of nostalgia, like, dude, License to Ill came out right during the impressionable years. Love me some beasties.
0: Uh I was not a fan of that song at that particular time. I, I would have loved Sabotage, which I know is like overused in like yeah. every fucking movie, but uh, I, I wasn't. I didn't want. No Sleep Till Brooklyn there. Um, Not to say that's a bad song. I just heard it in Mario Brothers, and that kind of made sense for it to play there. So, yeah.
1: They didn't know it was in Mario Brothers, buddy.
0: Right, right. But you notice that, like, for James Gunn, he rarely has a miss. I I even like that weird-ass song when they went to Counter-Earth that like the the whatever freaking yeah. language they were singing and that ah oh, it was so much fun and I enjoyed it thoroughly but uh yeah but that end scene everything tied together so well in the way that it was edited like when the slow part of the song goes in and um quill is walking to his grandpa's house and like try to keep it together I'm trying to keep it together and then he says grandpa and then they give a hug and then the music starts going again and again and again. It's like, ah, uh, the emotions right now are running high.
1: I agree. I, I it was, uh ah. Uh, but even, like, as they do the, the epilogue, right, with the new Guardians and Rocket is the leader and they show who's left and who's joining, right? They, they still go back and hit you with that red bone yeah and uh, that's 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 another reason that this just got
0: me that was a cool callback to it um i will say though i i think they already hit the emotional point of view with with florence and the machine but i would have loved to hear the um oh my god um ain't no mountain high enough mm that would have been pretty sweet, but it makes sense. You know, like it makes sense that you start or you end it as you started off with that song. Although, you know, with, with all the different music um, I I'm still kind of going back and forth because there's some freaking jams on one, there's some freaking jams on two. Uh, There's a handful. I've been listening to this soundtrack uh, pretty much the first half of this entire week as I'm traveling around uh, for work.
1: The thing that I'll say is I think that this one just fits the movie better than any other one. I think that it accompanies the the cinematic story in ways that one and two didn't like there were, there were great tie-ins, right? But man, the tone and the feel of the movie rested on the soundtrack, and it was perfect—one of the absolute best that 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 there is. You know, I mean, we were we were really—you mentioned Mario, and it was so cool to see all of those little Easter eggy and, and pieces, right? Not just Peaches, the rest of it, and it was all solid. But the way that every song. Just fit and just 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 aligned. Um, it, I I again I liked Beasties. You weren't a fan, but but I mean it. It even even Badlands during the 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 uh, the the ending was amazing.
0: Really, I didn't like it. I didn't like. Oh. I'm not a big Springsteen fan, but I, I wasn't a fan of that. Like, I feel like you know, you had the emotional song at the end and then you had uh, Redbone. I think you need to have like another happy type song that you're putting a bow on everything. And I don't know if, I, I don't know, I guess I just would have preferred another song to go there instead of that. Well, as we, we ended the movie, right? And then we got a post credit scene of the new Guardians headed by Rocket. Uh, so we got the lineup of Kraglin, Cosmo, Groot the size of a fucking house and um, uh, Warlock and uh, Phyla who is one of the the genetically engineered girls from the high evolutionary what are your thoughts on that new lineup and do you want to see them again
1: I don't want to see that lineup in a movie I'm cool if they show up and help but I, I really don't like i i craglin is is a joke character almost right like i don't think he could support the 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 film piece um i think that that i don't know enough or have any attachment to the genetically engineered girl um cosmo has done the most effective thing cosmo is gonna do right in in holding the two things together with telekinesis. Um, I think we've seen pretty much every kind of Groot. And time out. Rewind. Why did Groot use words?
0: So, he said, I am Groot.
1: But he also, what else did he say?
0: No, he said, I am Groot. So let let me tell you the reasoning as to what what happened. Mm -hmm. So Gamora, as throughout the movie, she's like, "What? yeah, I know you said that. So just like Quill in the first one, right? She doesn't understand what he's saying because he keeps on saying, I'm Groot. And she even makes a, uh, there's a throwaway line where she's like, you guys are just making stuff up. He's just, you know, he's not really saying anything. You're just making that up, right? And so it isn't until the very end uh, he says, I am Groot. And she's like, yeah, it was nice working with you too. And then she kind of like pauses and she looks at him and he just kind of smiles. So she started to understand him. So James Gunn actually uh, came out on, on Twitter and said that, yes, the reason why you hear, I love you guys is because now you understand what Groot's saying. So it's a it's a cooler way to kind of, get that that line when he says i love you guys it's because now after all of the time that we've spent with the guardians we understand what he's saying and it's now second nature to us when he talks no get the fuck out of here if you don't like that explanation
1: no the least that was the absolute least That was worse than Maggie Simpson's first words. Unnecessary.
0: Uh, Unnecessary. It's the whole, you don't understand what he says until the very end. You know, even the we are Groot, he said, I am Groot. But we just got a little bit as to what Groot was saying. So
1: basically what you're saying is on my deathbed, I gained total consciousness. So I had that going for me. That that that's what happened at the end I of don't... the movie where they're never going to be together again. We receive total Groot consciousness, but then when they're fighting later on, we can't understand Groot in the post-credit scene where he says, "I am Groot."
0: Does he say it in the post-credit scene?
1: I believe he does.
0: Well, I don't remember that at all, mm. but. It's it's all in context of it to where like, yeah, you hear Vin Diesel say, I love you guys. I don't know, man. I think that's perfect for it.
1: I think it would have been more perfect if Vin Diesel made some kind of comment about family.
0: No, that would have been too fucking fast and the furious type. No, James Gunn would have been like, let's get that out of there. Let's not do that.
1: Adam Warlock is the fast and furious one in this in this film. No, no, no speed and anger for anybody else. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but i don't know i i really like that um but that pretty much wraps it wraps up for for guardians of the galaxy anything else you want to go over with the characters or anything i,
1: I want to know what you think about that last that last gasp of group that that ravager remainder of 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 the guardians i told you what i thought but you didn't tell me
0: oh um i agree i, I don't necessarily need to see it but i like the fact that if this goes untouched, at least you have Rocket leading a group, which, sadly for him, he never got to lead his group of friends on adventures. So now, he's the head of the Guardians of the Galaxy with his friends, his family, he gets to go on those adventures. He gets to fly to all those different places out there in the sky which I think is pretty sweet.
1: I like your spin on it. He gets by with a little help from his
0: friends. Yeah. He's, he's so selfish throughout all of those movies. So freaking selfish, but for someone I can relate to rocket quite a bit just because I keep people at, at arm's distance. And I I make, I talk shit. I talk mad shit to people. And, um, You know, I I have friends, but even though they might not necessarily be uh, close in proximity, or even if they are close in proximity, there's always still that that distance, you know, I I have my guard up, but I like the fact that, you know, Rocket has this, this self-hatred that he got his friends killed. It's really his fault that he, his friends died, but now... Not only did he get a chance to go on multiple adventures with his friends, um, now he has his own purpose to take his new group of friends on those adventures that he would said he would take his old friends on. And so I think that really completes it. And I'm happy with it, man. It's, uh, I, I'm not a huge Rocket fan, but this makes it a very satisfying story for me.
1: So it sounds to me Like your answer to a certain question might be affirmative.
0: I don't know. What is that question, Mark?
1: I I believe that question is Danny, can you do this movie all day?
0: I absolutely can, without hesitation, do this movie all day. Uh, I don't know if there is, I don't know if there's a better trilogy of movies in the MCU. And, and I love myself some Captain America, right? But I don't know. Because when you take a total look of, of the body of work, um, Iron Man, Captain America, I'll even throw Thor in at you know, with four, um, four movies against the three. I don't know if there's a truly complete type of series. The only thing that would rival it is Endgame, and that included 22 movies <laughs> to get to that that level of excellence, callbacks, execution, team-ups, and everything. Uh, these, This group of people I would probably say is more dysfunctional, but also more cohesive than The Avengers, if that makes sense. I really think that they are they have each other's backs and they're a true family and a true group of friends as opposed to the corporate juggernaut of the Avengers, right? And don't get me wrong, I love myself the Avengers. But this is, man, this is better than I ever expected. I thought the first movie was going to be dog shit. I thought the second movie was like, well, this will be pretty good. I liked it even better than the first. Uh, I thought the third movie was like, well, this is going to be, this is going to be good. James Gunn is pretty solid. Blew my expectations out of the water. Made me, these three movies have made me more emotional than all of the MCU movies combined. Which, for me, that's a high rating. When When you have nostalgia, if you can get some type of emotional response out of me, and if I'm having a good time, that to me is an, I can do this all day every day in the books. Mark, what about you? Can you do this all day?
1: I, I love the movie. I'm going to watch it a bunch when it comes to streaming. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going back to the theater for it, but that's just because it'll be on streaming pretty quick um, relatively to what things used to be. Um, but yeah, I can do this movie all day. I, I'm not as romantic about it as you. I wouldn't necessarily put it ahead of like the cat movies. Or anything like that and i think that there's been some really great emotional moments in the mcu over the last like three four years right the end of black panther um the the end of uh wakanda forever i mean i meant right where where you meet you know baby t'challa um all of um infinity war end game uh, uh whether it's the end of infinity i want to go like are you kidding me and the i am iron man you can rest the Uh, hawkeye's family disappearing at the beginning of the movie like the that movie in and of itself is such an emotional roller coaster it got me more than this one did but that's 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 splitting hairs uh in in that this yeah, yeah it did it definitely did um but you know world's in a different place now i think uh but yeah this this movie is is quality and it's sad that we're not going to get this quality again. We're not getting this group. We're not getting this team. We're not even getting them like an ancillary uh, um, thing, but at least we're getting Star-Lord.
0: Yeah, that's something we didn't get a chance to talk about is uh, supposedly the legendary Star-Lord will return. Now, whether that's a variant or Chris Pratt will come back, Um, I believe I saw an article saying that he would not come back unless it was for a very good reason. He does. He just doesn't want to cash grab. So I think he'll come out um, or come yeah, back. Right. And,
1: the guy who did three Jurassic world movies, isn't worried about
0: a cash grab. Well,
1: yeah. whatever. He's also but come I out with that, a lot of
0: dog shit too. <laughs> I,
1: well, as I, as I walked out of the movie, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, you know what they just did. They just put him on earth right before they do the, the, uh, the, the, um, the Skrulls movie Mm. right before they do the imitation game. And uh, I think that that's going to be secret war. Um,
0: Oh, you think he'll be in that?
1: It makes sense. He's there. Mm. He's on earth for it.
0: But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think you you save him for, uh, for the next Avengers thing. He'll be on earth and he'll you know it's like hey quill we need your help and then he he reluctantly suits up at that point he'll be a little bit older uh but he'll he'll answer the call to be that
1: yeah, hero. but who who on the avengers has the relationship with them to ask is it gonna be strange
0: um i don't know maybe maybe I mean, they all saved the world together. He was at the funeral with everyone else. So whether it's Captain America, Sam Wilson, or Bucky, maybe he's like, hey, remember when I gave you that arm for Rocket's Christmas gift? I need another favor. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's not even that version of Star-Lord. Maybe it is a variant of Star-Lord that happens to come in and and maybe that's how they go forward with a guardian of the galaxy but not chris pratt who knows who knows
1: yeah i i just saw secret invasion as part of it so we'll see
0: yeah all right then well i had fun talking about this i had fun watching this movie it's always a pleasure mark uh but until next time don't forget to Uh, Follow us on the socials, but until next time I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That's Mark, the resident Jedi.
1: We need comments, recommendations, like it, review us on iTunes. We appreciate your listening and uh, we'll catch you in the next one.